what would I pinch hit for him? He really sounded desperate. So <laughs> uh, I said I would do the best I could. So, um, you know, we're to be instant in season and out of season, right? And we're to be in the word. And uh, so I have been doing some, some, some thinking on the subject of forgiveness. And uh, not so much between ourselves as Christians, or, but rather God's forgiveness of us. And I have a number of, of points I would like to make uh, this evening about forgiveness from our Heavenly Father. And so I'd like you to, you know, limber up your, your fingers so you can turn pages. And um, we're going to look at seven, seven different uh, references to the way our Father in Heaven forgives us. And, you know, it's, uh, it's important that we... Um, give him the, the praise and glory for our salvation. And uh, what a wonderful thing to know that it is, you know, that we are forgiven. So if you would turn your Bibles, please, to a number of places. We're going to start with Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, which is kind of like a kickoff verse uh, for the rest of them. And um, the first couple chapters, well, all, the whole book of Ephesians is wonderful, but the the doctrine found in the first two and three chapters of Ephesians is precious and deep and extremely important. And, um, and uh, one of the things that we are told by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 1.7 is this, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And so God's grace determined it, and God gave us his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, whose precious blood was shed on the cross for us. I think the third verse of the hymn that we, had, that we sang together tonight mentioned the, um, the idea of, of our sins being forgiven. And, um, and we, do have, we do recognize that we have been redeemed, uh, redemption. We have been bought or purchased out of uh, agorazzo, the slave market of sin. And next agorazzo, we have been set free. Lutroo means to be set free. Ex agorazzo, I believe, means to be removed from it. So we've been purchased, we've been removed, and we've been set free. And what a wonderful thing redemption is. And, uh, and because of that, because of the work of God, it's not our work, it's his work. And uh, therefore, because of redemption and the finished work of Jesus Christ, Paul tells us there is forgiveness of sins available to those people who come to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and are born from above and uh, they have been born again and, re and have a regeneration and have received Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. What riches there is in God. Um, but riches in forgiveness. I'd, over the years, um, there's been a number of excellent books written, and Jay Adams is a great author. He wrote a book on psychology, and and he makes he is a psychologist, and he makes the point that if, if uh, the people, many people, even the majority of people who are inst in an in institution 
they cannot function in real life and they are in an institution somewhere because they cannot function. If these people would find forgiveness to remove the guilt that they're feeling, many of them could be healed and sent home. That's quite a comment from a, uh, a psychologist and a Christian teacher. Guilt is a tremendous thing. And um, I've seen it in Christians. So over the years, I've been involved in shepherding different flocks and um, counseling people, going out to lunch with young people and other Christians and just working in there with them. And uh, to, to realize that many people, even believers, uh, do not grasp as much as they should the beauty of forgiveness. God has forgiven them. And, um, and so there is forgiveness of sin. So that's Ephesians 1, 7. And I'd like you to take a look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17. Hebrews 10, 17. <clears throat> and the writer of Hebrews, we don't know his name. Um, well, I'm going to go back to verse uh, 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Well, if God has forgiven us, we should be able to forgive ourselves. And uh, if they're no, not remembered anymore, as it says in Hebrews 10, 17, we should forget them in a sense, that our sins have been paid for and not allow the enemy to use guilt and different things to keep us from experiencing the joy of forgiveness from God. We have been forgiven. And Hebrews 10, 17 again, their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Wonderful. And that God has forgotten them. And we need to forget them ourselves, I think. I'd like you to not go to the dispensation of law in the Old Testament. Let's take a look at what, you know, even under the law of uh, the Old Testament, let's take a look at Isaiah chapter 44. You would think that under the dispensation of law, the Mosaic law, that uh, they're going to be a lot stronger and harsher. But listen to what it says in, in um, Isaiah 44, verse 22. And the prophet writes, um, well, I'm going to go back again to verse 21 and get a little context. Forgiven Israel, the Schofield reference Bible that I'm using this evening says, as a title ahead of this paragraph, forgiven Israel to return to their land. And then in verse 21, we find these words of Isaiah 44. Remember these, O Jacob and Israel, thou art my servant. I have formed thee, thou art my servant, O Israel. Thou shalt not be forgotten by me. I have blotted out like a thick cloud thy transgressions. And like a cloud of thy sins reach, and like a cloud thy sins. Return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. There's redemption again. 
There is the purchase, the payment for the sins. And um, God says, uh, you know, I've blotted them out. And uh, what a wonderful thing just to realize that God has erased them. It's really the doctrine of expiation. Expiation is a good definition, a good word for mercy. The, the word, the idea of mercy is that God covers the, um, the offense. X, he takes it out, X, uh, and so forth. And um, expiation has the idea that um, God can blot them out and cover them over in his love and in his grace. And where propitiation pays the price to assuage the anger of God, expiation in his mercy covers the offense. And so what we see here is he, God is saying, I have blotted them out. Uh, thy transgressions like a cloud. Thy sins, I've blotted them out. Return to me, I have redeemed thee. What a beautiful verse to go alongside Ephesians 1, 7. Redemption and forgiveness. And this is in the dispensation of the law. Okay, let's stay in the Isaiah. Let's just turn back a few pages to Isaiah 38, 17. I believe that's the reference I have here. And the prophet Isaiah again says, Behold, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Wow. And in the dispensation of the law, for Israel, God is saying here, yes, I've blotted them out. Think of all the sins that uh, the people of Israel did. From rejecting God and worshiping Baal and offering up their own children in the fire, like the Canaanites did in the, in the religion of Baal. And uh, it's just, think of the wickedness of Manasseh, the king, or Ammon, or Ahab, these wicked people. Uh, who were supposed to be leading the Lord's people. And, uh, but God says, I can blot out your transgressions and I can cast them away. I can put them out of my sight. What a wonderful thing it is for forgiveness, isn't it? And brother and sister, God has done this for us as we go through this list of seven. God has blotted out our sins. He doesn't remember them anymore. And uh, we've been forgiven and redeemed. And God has cast our mistakes and our sins and offenses, our iniquities behind his back. Praise his name. Let's go on to Micah, the little minor prophet Micah. Chapter uh, 7, 18 and 19. Micah 7, 18 and 19. As Micah finishes his... Um, uh, his small little letter, his small minor prophet. 717 says the 718 says this. <clears throat> who is a God like unto thee, who pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delights in mercy. God delights in expiation. 
He delights in covering the offense and putting it out of his sight. What a wonderful God. And then he comes down here into verse 19. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Wow. Uh, I've traveled on the oceans. I've, I've been in the Pacific and the Atlantic and the Tasman Sea, down around New Zealand. And uh, boy, <laughs> you stand on, the, on the, the rail of a ship and you look down and see the depth of this water. And uh, he, has, he has buried them in the deepest sea. The, and uh, they're not to be looked at again. And notice the words here, pardon. He passes by the transgression. He retains not his anger forever. He delights in mercy. What a God we have. <laughs> and that means you. I mean, all of us know our sin. I mean, it's not, we're not saved today because we were a little bit better than other people. If you keep the whole law, yet you offend at one point, you are guilty of all. And so there's nothing in us that would attract the righteousness of God to redeem us. There's nothing that we could do to earn it. But, we, but he has chosen through the death of his son, he has paid the price. He hasn't just forgotten our iniquity. He's not just throwing it away. He dealt with it in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the price. And that's where redemption comes from, as we see in Ephesians 1.7. And so praise God for pardon. And in verse 19, compassion. He will subdue our iniquities and cast our sins into the deepest sea. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful thing God has done for us. And um, if we are honest with ourselves, we know that every day we have to guard our hearts and minds because we can, we can still sin. And uh, I'm going to get to that in a few moments. But I want to see in the dispensation of law, even there, the mercy and redemptive pardoning of God. I'd like you to turn to the 103rd Psalm, please, if you would. Psalm 103. Psalm 103 and verses 8 to 12. Follow along this Psalm of David really a favorite of many people's. It's one of my favorites. And uh, listen to the words of David as he speaks about his Lord, the man who had, God loved his heart. He loved what David was as a man who trusted in him and loved him. And look at the, look at the heart of David here. Look at his relationship with his Lord, the capital L, capital R-D, that's Yahweh. That's uh, King James calls it Jehovah. It's probably better Yahweh, but whichever way you like to use it. Now listen to the words of, of David, verse 8 of Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful. <laughs> Once again, mercy. Once again, he's, he's covering. And he's gracious. He's giving us what we don't deserve. And he's slow to anger. And he's plenteous in mercy. And he will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not, I love this verse, he has not dealt with us after our sins. We would be crushed and we'd be cast into the fires of hell if he dealt with us what we deserve. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, 
nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. The idea of iniquity um, is, is the serious sins, the big sins, the transgressions mean to be transgressed from the path, but iniquities are those sins that, um, that are so offensive as they all are to God. I'm gonna read that again. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his, once again, mercy toward them that fear him. And again, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Well, you know, you can't, if you leave, travel to the west, you'd never get to east or vice versa. It's just infinity. You, you can't arrive there. And as far as east is from the west, which is immeasurable, that's how far, dear friends, the Lord has uh, removed your transgressions and mine. Praise his name. They're gone. Each one of us tonight can look back over the span of our life. We can look back to our, to our youth. We can look back to the mistakes we've made, the sins that we do. Even, maybe even this week, maybe even today. <laughs> we know that we uh, are sinners. That we, we know that because of redemption, Christ has paid the price. And I just love this passage in the 103rd Psalm. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities, as far as the east is from the west, or as far as the heavens are high above the earth. So great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Praise his name. And then that's the sixth one. And then the final one, I'd like you to turn it for a little bit more time at the end to 1 John chapter 1. Let's go back to the dispensation of grace, leaving the Old Testament and how God dealt with Israel and his forgiving, loving, pardoning compassion for his people. He wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't forget them. He, he remembered them. And um, I'd like you to go to 1 John chapter 1 and come back to grace. <laughs> come back to the mercy and grace and love of God. It says here um, in verse 6 of 1 John 1, If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So I'd like to just spend a little time here talking about the New Testament and the grace of God. Um, you know, uh, all of our sins, past, present, and future, are paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and we have forgiveness. We remember, uh, may I remind, stir up your memories by way of remembrance that when you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you are delivered and saved from the penalty of sin. You are saved from the power of sin. And ultimately, one day, you will be saved from the presence of sin when you stand in the presence of your God and you're in heaven, and you're in, and uh, so praise his name. We are saved from the penalty, power, and presence of sin. That's what we have 
in the grace and the mercy of our God. And, um, but here we see that although judicially, uh, legally, if, if that's the, uh, an acceptable word, you know, in the idea of the judge of all the earth, as Abraham referred to him, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Of course he will. And I'm still going to, and he's still walking to Sodom to destroy it. Yes, the judge of all the earth is going to do right. And, um, and so we, we, we come here um, thankful for, the, for what he has done for us and uh, how he, has, he, he is ministering to us and he's taking care of the penalty and power and presence of sin in our life. And this is what God is doing for us. And uh, so John tells us here, that yes, we're, we're forgiven and we're, it's paid for, but we, you know, maybe some of us made a mistake today in our anger. Maybe we said something we shouldn't have or, or gossiped or, or slandered somebody or, or whatever else we could do. We, we, uh, we, we broke the law of God and we, and, um, you know, so, Somebody who legally is paid for and his sins forgiven still can sin. And, um, you know, the, the Christian still possesses an old nature. And he needs forgiveness of his sins day by day. And the blood of Christ is the divine provision for both um, the advocacy of, of uh walking in the light and having fellowship with the Father and, and, and knowing that your sins are ultimately forgiven and you're going to be in heaven. But, uh, you know, we're not, you know, Paul said, shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid, Paul said. And so, yes, we do sin. We, we, we can sin tomorrow. We can sin tonight. <laughs> I don't know. It's just uh, we're not perfect. We're perfect in our standing with God, but our state today is not maybe what it should be. And so every day of our lives, we, we, how we need to be in the word and how we need to be talking to the Lord. And, and if, if, if the Lord, the Holy Spirit says, hey, Jeff, you shouldn't have done that or said that, boy, you just need to get along quietly with God and confess it. If we confess our sins, verse 9, he is faithful and just to forgive them. He's already judicially taking care of our standing in his presence. But the, the, the day-by-day state of our walk is another question altogether. And yet, notice what it says about sin here in verse 7. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not just some sin all sin and so um uh, forgiveness from god <laughs> yes we have been forgiven from the penalty power and presence of sin yes our standing with god is perfect yes and uh but every day may we walk in humility may we walk in the power of the holy spirit may we walk to bring glory and honor to his name and when the enemy puts a stumbling block in front of us and uh, we, we stumble on the road, much like 
Christian in the uh, Pilgrim's Progress, all the different opposition he faced. May we get on our knees alone with God and say, thank you for forgiving me, Father, but I also need to confess today the sins that I've done today and that my, my state will be in a right relationship with you. And so I just wanted to share these thoughts with you this evening because they were bringing, as I was meditating on them during the last week or so, I'm just so thankful for the forgiveness of sins from my loving Heavenly Father. I'm thankful that I've been forgiven, and you as my brother and sister in Christ, and you've been forgiven. And we are in a relationship with the Creator of heaven and earth who loved us so much, He sent His Son to take our sin. So he could put it behind his back. He could bury it in the deepest sea. He could cast it behind him. He could bring forgiveness of sin. And um, praise the Lord's name. Praise the Lord's name for forgiveness. Let's, let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just um, thank you for reminding us that whether it's the dispensation of the law and the Israel being under the Ten Commandments and the and the 613 commandments found in the Old Testament that they failed in, even there, your compassion and your redeeming mercy has paid the price so you can receive them and, and walk with them, and you're going to bring them into a great relationship with yourself. But we thank you also for, for Ephesians 1, 7, for 1 John chapter 1, 6, 7, 8, and 9, and all these verses, Lord, for reminding us that, oh, Lord, help us to be sensitive to the Spirit of God, that through reading the Word and prayer and meditation on you and fellowship with other believers, thy Spirit can do a continually do a deep work in our hearts and lives, that we would honor you and glorify you, and we give you the praise and glory in your worthy and precious name. Amen.